Hey, B. Yes? Have you heard? Heard what? Winter is coming. Oh my god. Is Game of Thrones coming back? Are they redoing season eight? No, just regular winter. Oh. I'm going to need two things then. Warm feet and coffee in my belly. I think I got just the thing for you. Oh yeah? Yeah. We've got some amazing partnerships with two companies, Smartass Undies and Cafe Hacienda Rio. Smartass Undies is a small business committed to saving the planet and your mindset. They're engineered from recycled materials to produce sustainable and super comfy underwear and socks. Motivation is perishable and needs refreshing every day, just like your undies and socks. Every time I look down at my feet, I see words like gratitude and self-discipline and integrity, and it just keeps me going. Tell them about the coffee, Dante. Oh, I've got coffee for you. Cafe Hacienda Real Coffee from Costa Rica. This micro roastery is just outside of San Jose. We found it a couple of years ago when we were in Costa Rica. They small batch roast a custom blend of pea berry and Arabica beans. You can pick your roast type and whether or not you want it ground or whole bean. And then they will ship to order exactly what you want. Now we've got a couple of offer codes for our listeners for Smartass Undies. We have links in the show notes to get to the website. And when you, once you get there, you're going to use the code CHEATINGONFEAR10 for 10% off your order. And for the Hacienda Real Coffee, you're going to go to goldenbean.net and use the promo code COFCHR20 for 10% off your order. Kick Winter's ass. I feel like we do that exact intro <laughs> a lot. Do we? Yeah. A lot of people record their intros, so it doesn't matter. It's the same every time. Well, I guess that's true, but I, I feel like I say welcome back to everybody. Like it's just, we've just come back from a commercial break or something. <laughs> Life is a commercial break. Yeah. This is the reality. And you know what's been, so, I haven't seen real commercials on TV in a long time. Because, I think since August when we were away. Yeah, and we were kind of mystified by everything. And upset. <laughs> well, because because now, I, I don't know about the brave ones out there, but I watch pretty much all of my TV on streaming services Yeah, now, you do. Which doesn't have any commercials at all. No. Which is weird because you used to watch 30 minutes of TV and it would be 20... Eight minutes of it would be commercials. Yeah, but... I remember like the end of the Big Bang, like it was like 16 minute episodes because the rest of it was commercials. Big Bang Theory? Yeah, the Big Bang Theory. Fuck Big Bang Theory. Yeah. But a staple for a lot of us has been those 90s sitcoms that have shown up on like Netflix and stuff like that. So The Office, Community, <sighs> Parks and Rec, and your personal favorite, Friends. Yes. And we just want to have a moment of silence because... <sighs> The Cock, I mean Peacock, it, which is NBC's streaming service, mm -hmm. decided that getting $100 million a year from Netflix for the streaming rights to Friends was not good enough. No. So, so they pulled it and put it on... Pulled it from Netflix. Pulled it from Netflix, put it on The Cock in the US, and <laughs> here in 
in it's such a horrible name, Peacock. And here in Canada, it's on Crave or something, whatever Bell's pay TV mm. thing is. And so we're so, mourning the loss. So, uh, so I'm sad. How, you, you how have sad. I been doing? It's been two weeks. I mean, it, it's. How have I been doing? You're soldiering through. I mean, <laughs> you, you you kind of like, you know, the Blitzkrieg in London. You just kind of get up in the morning, do your shit, hope you don't get bombed today. I feel like the lack of friends is hard on you. It is. Yeah. Yeah. I. <laughs> it was your background noise. Yeah. It was my nap it's, nap show. It's it an was... endless source of funny yeah. line, one-liners. Yes. And now it's gone. And now it's just gone. And there's this void mm. in my life. In my television viewing life, because we all need that show that we have on when we're doing something else. Yeah. Right. And that was friends for me. And sometimes I would actually, a lot of times I would actually watch it. I've seen it through probably what a dozen times or more. And it's funny. There's very few things you can measure in dollar signs, but we know exactly what the friend shaped hole in your heart costs to fill. I could go on I could go on my iTunes account right now. Yes. And buy Friends the complete series for $100 Canadian, <laughs> which is like $30 American or something like that. Yeah. No, it's more than that. And I and I'm trying I'm trying to stave it off like like a dry month. Like just trying to like You're doing instead of dry January, you're doing like dry friend, friend, Friends January. Friendless Friendless January. Friendless January. <laughs> oh, it's so sad on a number of levels. I know. Well, yeah. Okay, so for those for those people who have been living under a rock for the last thirty odd years, everybody knows what Friends is. What is Friends? No, everyone knows. It's a sitcom about six friends living in New yeah. York in apartments they can't afford, uh, impossibly yeah. expensive apartments for yeah. the fact that they're hamster trainers and want to be actors. And you know what's really interesting is that Monica and Rachel's apartment is really, really nice. And Joey and Chandler's is just across the hall. And it's, it's a piece of shit. It's basic. Like, yeah. why? Why is that? I don't know. I don't know. But is that... I don't know. New is that York a thing? Friends, I don't know. That, Tell us. Is Tell there us a lot of difference? Yeah. So, everybody knows what Friends is. Everybody knows. It, so, it was on NBC But this for episode... How, how, oh, many, how many How many seasons? Season? Ten seasons. Ten seasons. Yeah. And this was like the full kind of like sitcom order, like 20 some odd episodes a season or something. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, there's yeah. over 160 episodes yeah. out there. And so... Or oh, sorry, over 200 episodes. Today, I don't math. Hmm. So, today I thought it might be fun... Based on what Cheating on Fear tends to be about, relationships and sex and yeah. cultural phenomena, yeah. I thought that this episode could be the one with all the non-monogamy. Because <laughs> that's like the thing with Friends. All the episodes are called the one with. Yes. Or the one something. The something, one something. whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The one where. The one. Yeah. This is the one with all the non-monogamy. Yeah. And. And. What I find interesting about the show, like it ran from, I think, 94 mm -hmm. to 2004. Mm -hmm. And especially in the, most of the examples that I have are in the very early seasons. There's only one or two that are in the later seasons. And I thought it was really interesting because it was around the time that Sex and the City was coming out as well. Mm -hmm. And they would step up to these topics yeah. and then very quickly back away sex in the city would no 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 friends? no friends would right. friends would oh no sex in the city went all the way what do you think about the sex in the city reboot don't do 
The one without Samantha. No, how can that be? Yeah. There is no Sex in the City without Samantha. Please don't do it. Don't do it. No, they're going to do it. Oh, they're doing it? It's happening. Oh, well, I'm not going to watch no. it. No. I mean, I'm, I'm probably going to watch it. Probably, but... But, but, but I'm not going to like it. Yeah. I'm going to hate watch it. There like we go. I do so much other stuff right. out there. So friends would, would like tiptoe up to something big and then it would to- back away. Yeah, would toe up, toe, like tiptoe up to some kind of topic in non-monogamy and then... It would be a gag type thing or right. they wouldn't see it all the way through, right? It would just kind of, well, they would back away from it. I'm sure that has something to do with the constant battle between network censors and legal team and the creative team behind the show. Because Sex and the City was HBO. And right. HBO was renowned for being like it, the polar opposite of television. Right, just where you, edgy. The, and, yeah, the home of the Sopranos and The Wire and... Right. And Sex in the City and all the Game of Thrones now, like it was always pushing the envelope. But it, I mean, that is one of the things that makes it almost what so amazing that? that Friends was. What was that prison series? Oz? Oz. That was show was that Showtime and then in Canada, Showcase. Uh, what, what platform was Queer's Folk on? Also Showtime. That was such a good show. That was great. Shot in Canada. All the, and they made, they made our gay village look like Boys Town in Philadelphia or something like uh, that. Yeah. Oh my God, I can't I can't wait to go back down there in the summertime. Yes. And watch everybody wash cars. It's so much fun. <laughs> With the rainbow crosswalks. Yes. It, it, if you ever have a chance to come to Toronto, you definitely need to go to Church in Wellesley. Which and is I'm like, taking my new friend Frank. Yeah, when your new friend Frank comes. Yeah. Who you met on a plane to Johannesburg. I did. Uh, he lives in Wimbledon. He lives in Wimbledon, not the <laughs> tennis stadium. The... No, but he's he's from Zimbabwe. Yeah, so and... new friend Frank is going to go to to our gay village. He's so excited. Yeah, I bet he yeah. is. I, it might have to be 2022. We were like laughing in March of 2020, going next yeah. June it'll be fine. And he jets at, so if he says he's coming, he's coming. Oh, he's coming. No, yeah. it's it's a done deal. And then coming and coming and okay. Coming. <laughs> I have to make sure my kids are away for the weekend. But anyway, mm. um, so can we jump right into this? Yes. I had another point about friends that oh, I'm sure will right. come up. No, it's okay because I'm, I'm, I can't remember what it is right now. Really? Yeah. It's okay. I feel like we'll all be worse off if you don't. I'll remember it. Okay. All right. So some of the, they're kind of in order by season, but kind of not. So, so on, on, on. But I will tell you which ones they are. So if you're looking for it, you can find it. Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't, friends clips are not always the easiest to find on YouTube and stuff like that. No, but you can just, no, but you can just put like, you can index the the episodes if you want. Yeah. I'll I'll put that in the show notes. Okay. So there was actually quite a bit in season one and two. Okay. So the first one is season one, episode 13 called the one with the boobies. The one with the boobies. And it op- bo- oh yes it opens where Chandler accidentally sees Rachel's boobies. He walks into her showering or something in the bathroom. No, she comes out from she comes out from the shower and she doesn't realize he's there. He's come in to take something from the fridge as usual. Right. Yeah, and the plot goes on, and Joey's dad comes to stay with him and Chandler because he's got a job in the city or something. Oh, shit, that's right. That was all in the same episode. And Joey sees his dad on the phone, and. He can hear him talking affectionately, and so he assumes it's his mom. So he grabs the phone from his dad and says, Hey, Ma, like, don't forget you have a doctor's appointment with so-and-so. And then he was like, and then his face drops, and he looks at his dad, and he's like, Hey, did you know this isn't Ma? <laughs> and he's and his he finds out his dad has a girlfriend and has had a girlfriend yeah. 
for like six years. Wow. So his dad had a mistress in the city. Yes. Right. A taxidermist. A pet. Taxidermist? Yeah. Like she would like stuff them. That was her job? Yeah. She was like. (laughs) (laughs) Like Fluffy dies. And you're like, I don't know if I could ever not see Fluffy again. So then you bring it to Joey's dad's mistress. Yeah. And she would stuff it into like some kind of cute pose. Yeah. Like catching a Frisbee or. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Action poses. What would your cat be? What pose would your cat be in if you. If you stuffed your cat. <laughs> Shredding the shit out of my shins, I think, probably. <laughs> it's eating a yoga mat or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So, yeah. So, they just kind of throw this thing in there. And so, he tells um, his dad, like, you. first of all, she comes to the apartment because dad, uh, Joey's dad forgets his hairpiece right. for his meeting. And then it's late, so she has to stay over. And Joey doesn't let them sleep together. They have to sleep in separate rooms, which is kind of reminiscent of weird parents Mm -hmm. keeping guard over their children's, adult children's sexuality. A lot every season of 90 Day. Yeah. Like, it's like, I know you've just come here from another country, but guess what? You're sleeping in separate rooms. Like, what the fuck? Like, to imagine that sex is not happening because you are holding vigil outside of your, like, it's. It's really and, silly. I mean, I get it. They got to like create a plot device. But it was too late for this woman to leave New York City, the city that Well, he didn't want her sleeps. on the train. He didn't want her on the train. Okay. Really all right, all right, yeah. All right. So anyhow, so he doesn't he doesn't let them sleep in the same room. And it's kind of like a my house, my rules. And right. Kind of flipping that, that, yeah. that parent kid thing. On yeah. There. And then he tells his dad, you got to tell mom what you're doing. You got to come clean. And his dad's like, uh, okay. All right. And then I guess sometime later, his mother, Joey's mother shows up and he's like, ma. And she's like, I came to give you this and hands a bag of groceries and this. And she smacks him upside the head. <laughs> right. And she's got one of those giant, like, you know, married to the mob, giant rings on her hand. Right. right? He's like, yeah. ah, you know, uh-huh. gives, him, gives you concussion every time it comes close to you. And she was like, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing telling your dad he's got to tell me the truth? And he's Ooh. like, what? Like, you like you knew about? And she's like, of course I knew. Like, your dad's no James Bond. <laughs> like, you should have heard some of the excuses he came up with. Like, I'm sleeping over at my accountant's. Like, what is that? <laughs> and so what is that kind of arrangement? That's D-A-D-T. Which means what? Don't ask, don't tell. Okay, meaning? Meaning that... There is, I mean, it's unspoken to the point of you don't talk about it. But at some point, it is a, it is a spoken about that you're going to go do this thing mm-hmm. once or however many times. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to know about it. I'm going to pretend I don't know. Yeah. I'm going to look the other way. But by Joey making his dad come clean. Right. Now his mom can't pretend. Right. Like it's not going on. Right. Now she's got to do something about it. So she's mad at him yeah. for fucking it up. And and this is a perfect lesson for everybody who thinks they fucking know what's going on inside other people's relationships. Yeah. You don't know. No. You don't know. No. So mind your own fucking business because you don't know what kind of arrangements people have. And a DADT, it's, I don't recommend it. We've tried that. It sucks. It's it, not great. It's not great. But 
for an older couple like that that are just kind of like eh, whatever like i i mean i think it can she's like he has a hobby he's yeah. happy <laughs> it can work in some circumstances i think i think if there is already a pattern of communication in a relationship where there is absence right like there's business trips and right, there's not right, right. like regular checking in like you know you just kind of disappear for a little while then I think a DADT works. Sure. But but if there is an established communication pattern and then right. that gets broken. An established life pattern. Yeah, and that gets broken. Like then he's it, usually home at five and it's 9.30. Yeah. I know. wonder what he's doing. Like you wonder, like you see like in, in TV shows about like the 50s and 60s, like in Mad Men and stuff like that, mm-hmm. where you have these people who work in a big city like New York, mm-hmm. but live in the suburbs right and would oftentimes have apartments in the city because you know they work late or they've got early Mm -hmm. meetings or or Mm -hmm. whatever air quotes Mm -hmm. and that sort of situation is perfect for a DADT because those two worlds will never meet right right Right. and yeah you're right that that's it it very much depends on your lifestyle Mm -hmm. and, and how that all works but anyway so I thought that was really and then at the end the way it it sort of culminates is that he says, you know, my dad's going to keep seeing his girlfriend, going to keep cheating on my mom, <laughs> and my mom's going to keep pretending she doesn't know. And it's like, is it cheating if she knows about it well, and she's fine with it? Like, eh, and, and that's, I had a, a little, I had a bit of a problem with the wording there, where it's like, he's going to keep his girlfriend, my mom's going to pretend she doesn't know, and it's fine. But he's like, he's going to keep cheating on my mom, because that's the provocative word. So this is word. season one. Season episode one. Episode 13. Yeah. So that is that is like 1994, I yeah. guess, maybe 1995. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. Because it would start in September, right? So yeah. it would probably be 95. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's, I mean, and it's so weird because I was in my 20s when when Friends came out originally and i don't remember any of this like it just kind of washed over me you know so so that was one this one is a little bit weak so i've buried it in in the conversation okay do you remember so this is also season one episode 12 i'll give you my notes at the end oh okay good i won't have to i'll take i'll take so you can pay attention yeah yeah i'm paying attention sort of season one episode 12 you can give me the episode title yet I'm ready. I'm ready. The one with the dozen lasagnas. The one with the dozen lasagnas. Sounds like also Joey's family. It's not. It's actually Monica who makes a bunch of lasagnas for her aunt Syl for some kind of function. And so the opening scene is her on the phone with her aunt Syl. And her aunt's like, they're all vegetarian, right? And she was like, no, you didn't tell me you wanted vegetarian lasagna. If you'd said vegetarian lasagna, I'd have made vegetarian lasagna. And then the conversation goes on and she's like, well, what am I supposed to do with a dozen lasagnas? Nice talk, Aunt Phil. Do you kiss Uncle Freddy with that mouth? Like, (laughs) and so now she's got these dozen lasagnas to get rid of. And it's like, uh, you have Joey. You don't need. He has buffet pants. (laughs) He has eaten pants. Yeah. (laughs) Which everyone should have in their wardrobe, especially during this pandemic it's 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 amazing in these early seasons i think you see that with any show that's trying to like find its legs all these like Mm. peripheral characters yeah that you never saw joey's dad again no 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 ever you saw his mom his sister just that one time just that one time his sisters a couple of times yeah you know specific ones yeah and sex and city was like that as well and early early on you saw rachel's parents quite a bit yeah but you 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 all the only kind of 
all the way through are Monica's parents. Yeah, Monica, Monica and Ross's, Ross's parents. Yeah. You but, see them all the time. Yeah. But you see Chandler's parents yeah. sometimes. Anyways. So during this episode, Rachel is dating Paolo. Paolo. The the an underwear model or something? Oh no, he's not an underwear he's model. Just he's just he's just Italian and douchey as fuck. And Ross is of course in love with mate Rachel, so he hates him. He's super jealous. Super jealous. Because they haven't got together yet. No, right? no, no. And this relationship between Rachel and Paolo is very sexual and animal. And of course, like she was supposed to marry her like evil orthodontist, and she was a runaway bride. That was like episode one. Like she yeah, it was. That was the pilot. Dress, right? Yes, that was. Yeah. yeah, that was that was the pilot. But the idea is that she's just now finding her sexual freedom and getting out from under that New York socialite life that right. she's grown up in. So she's seeing him and she's starting to tell the girls like, this is way beyond an infatuation. Like this is, you know, I'm feeling things I've never felt before. And Ross is talking to the guys going like, I thought this was just a fling. Like, shouldn't it be flung by now? Like what the <laughs> fuck? And um, about halfway through the episode, um, Paolo shows up at, Phoebe's massage place. Right, because Phoebe's a masseuse. She is. And... And not at like a rub and tug. No, no, not like Frank Jr. thinks she is. But, <laughs> but and so Paolo shows up to get a massage from her. And he strips. He was like, I am to be uh, naked. And she's like, that's really a personal choice. And he just whips the towel off. She's like, oh, whoa, okay. Like, <laughs> not while I'm here. Paolo showing the salchich. And yeah, and so basically he starts massaging her legs, like touching her legs and squeezing her butt and and then he's clearly ready to have sex with her. And there's no sort of embarrassment about it or any like he seems like this is like a pretty normal thing. Yeah. And so then she gets up the courage to tell Rachel what happened. And of course Ross is all over. You gotta tell her, you gotta tell her, you gotta tell yeah. her, you gotta tell her. And then they have the big fight out on the on the balcony, Paolo and, and Rachel do. And she kicks him out, breaks up with him and kicks him out. And of course, he has to do the walk of shame through the, through apartment. the apartment. We don't know what's said. We just see them we arguing. We don't. We just something. see them arguing. And I think Monica says at one point, like, she's either saying, how could you, or enormous breasts. Oh, okay. Right? And he seems very confused. Paolo does. When he comes out. Like, I don't see what... I did wrong. And the rest of us in straight vanilla land are like, well, he's a we, fucking douchebag. We see like it. He, yeah, he, he tried to hit on Phoebe. He tried to hit on Phoebe. And it seems like either culturally or a suggestion of something else that he's like, okay, I don't really get, like, well, this was just a sexual relationship. We never really talked about, you know, anything more. And like, Phoebe's cute too. So like, what's the issue? Which is such a, which is such a, I mean, it's the crux of so many romantic comedies and all that sort of stuff uh -huh. like the lack of communication on what yes. this quote-unquote monogamous relationship is supposed to look like yeah and then you have misunderstandings and then that's a conflict point a la rachel and paulo right yes and and just i mean the the nice thing is that rachel and phoebe have this conversation and they end up she doesn't turn on phoebe she doesn't turn on Phoebe. They end right. up like apologizing to each other. Like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry you went through that. I'm sorry that I had to tell you. I'm sorry. Yeah. And and that was a really nice thing to see because oftentimes what you see is women turning on each other. Yes. And 
most of the time in those situations, he's lying to both of you. Mm -hmm. So don't turn on your sisters, you know? Mm -hmm. It's probably his fault. Like, you know, no shade, but... Well, it's probably his fault. Like, not your fault, but... Probably his like fault. not my fault. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's de- Paolo is definitely not my fault. <laughs> no. <laughs> so that was kind of a weaker one, but I still thought that was kind of interesting. How he seems kind of confused. Like he's, he doesn't, he he kind of doesn't fight back. He just seems super defeated when he comes out. Right. And does the walk of shame to the door, and everybody's like, "Woohoo, Ross!" And you know. which which makes you, and I'm sure it was a deliberate choice, but it makes you kind of think like. He wasn't trying to be an asshole. No. That he's like, his confusion is meant to kind of convey like, what did I do? Yeah. I don't understand. I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what struck me about it was like, huh, it's strange that he's having that kind of a reaction. That's not usually what you see when you have a cheating piece of shit. In yeah, a sitcom, right? Because he would be like, well, whatever, fuck, you know, yeah. more bitches in, in the sea or whatever, you know, like, <laughs> like, to mix your metaphors. Like, but, but like, that's what he, like, that's how you would expect somebody who's an asshole to react, right? Mm-hmm. Like, fuck all of you guys, I'm out of here. Yeah, like Ben Stiller. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we're not going out anymore. Man! Like, <laughs> We'll have to do another one about all the fucking celebrity cameos. Oh my god, there's so, so many. many. So many. And then, you know, we monetize friends and then we can buy it and fill that hole in your heart. There you go. I know. There you go. <laughs> um, so, th- so there's that one. Then we have, this one is especially interesting. This is season one. Okay. Episode six. They really set up in Friends that there was going to be a whole lot of like yeah. sexual stuff. Yes. Season six. So this is called, no, season one. Season one, sorry. Episode, episode six. six called The One with the Butt. And it's the one where Joey finally gets his big break in show business and he's Robert De Niro's butt double. Right. <laughs> And then he loses that because he tries to act too much. It's like, hey, butt guy, why are you clenching? Yeah, right? I, <laughs> I, I love when he's when he's in the porno and is that one of the ones we're talking about? No, but Where he's so, in the porno and yeah. they watch it and he's the copy guy and he's like, wait, you're gonna see? There I am. There I am. There I am. And he's like, he's behind. Oh wait, wait, wait! Fucking. Here comes my line. Here comes my line. You know that's bad for the paper tray. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Um, so the one with the butt. So what was that? What, what were the boobies in that first one? The one with the Rachel's boobies. boobies. Chandler saw oh, Rachel's Chan- boobies. Oh, Chandler saw Rachel. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah. So this is the one with the butt. The butt. And at the beginning, Joey's in this horrible play called Freud. Oh, he's the one where he's Freud, where he, he does the singing <laughs> and tap dancing. <laughs> what you envy, Schwein? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> And then he gets an he gets uh, an agent, but while all the friends are standing around, Chandler sees this beautiful woman. Oh, this is a great one. Yeah. Yeah. And they're all like, "Go and ask her out." She like, had like an Andy McDowell kind of. She did, look. but swarthier. Like swarthier. Yeah. No, wait, not Andy McDowell. Who was the love interest in in um, Goodwill Hunting? Oh, Minnie Driver. Minnie Driver. Thank okay, you. yeah, that's closer. Yeah. yeah. With the like spiral curls mm, and yeah, mm, very olive and mm, very exotic looking. She's mm. beautiful. And so they encourage him to go and ask her out. So he does. And and so they go out and of course they're all in the coffee shop, the coffee house, because they don't fucking do anything else. Yeah. And he comes in and starts telling them about the date. 
And so they're sitting, weirdly enough, in the same coffee house, just at a different time, close to the window. Right. And she's telling him all kinds of stories about being in the Israeli army and all these things. And she mentions, you know, and then, you know, Rick and I had to get to the border. And he's like, I'm sorry. And Rick is, and she said, oh, it's my husband. And he was like, oh. Like ex-husband? Like, oh, I'm sorry, you're a widow? And she's like, no. And he said, oh, sorry, you're divorced? And she's like, no, I'm still married. And he's like, oh. So why are we here? So, like, how do you think he would feel about you being here with me? And she's like, well, like, I'm sure he'd be okay with it because really he's okay with Ethan. And he says, (laughs) and Ethan is. And she goes, my boyfriend. And all the friends go, oh, like, what the fuck? Like, the girls are like, what? And... And they're like, oh, I'm sorry that didn't work out. And he's like, what do you mean didn't work out? I'm seeing her tomorrow. Yeah. And they're like, he's like, didn't you? He's like, didn't you listen to the story? And they're like, didn't you listen to the story? (laughs) And so, and this is, this is the most interesting part is that then Ross, who is arguably the most jealous and fucking weird ass of all the friends, all the guys (laughs) for sure, starts talking about, well, you know, in the work of Dr. Richard Leakey, da, da, yeah, and everybody feigns <laughs> they all, like, snoring. Sleep. Yeah. And he was going to talk about non-monogamy among primates and uh, and everybody's like, oh my God, stop, right? And he's like, all right, fine, like whatever. And so then he, Chandler embarks on this affair with this Aurora woman who is polyamorous. Right. With that, they never said that. I don't know if that language. They didn't use that then. word. Yeah. What? Polyamorous. I don't know if that language was. I'm sure it existed, there. but it was so fringe that. Well, I mean, people were doing it. I just don't know if there was that label on it, right? Maybe. Like, so he continues this affair with her because he said, like, if you already have a husband and a boyfriend, like, what do you figure our relationship will be? And she was like, I'm imagining mainly sexual. And he was like, Okay, cool. Cool. Yeah. And so, so they do that, but he finds himself falling in love with her. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure part of it is because she's very like, whatever, not like, where is this going? And yeah. She's like, just, a, when am I going to get married and have a baby? And, yeah. Like, like she just, she's like, I have one for that. Like, yeah, a, <laughs> yeah his name's Rick. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then they're in bed and she's like, I'm sorry, I have to go. And he's like, no, don't go. And she's like, I, I have to go. And he's like, you know, you've already, I thought you've already seen, don't Ethan and Rick get enough of you? And she's like, oh, it's not, it's not them. It's Andrew. And he's like, who's Andrew? And she's like, Andrew is new. (sighs) (laughs) And this is where. I'm really enjoying reenacting all of these. I know you are. By the way. You're like, you're in your element here. (laughs) But this is It's my useless talent. This is where, this is where I think the, and I think the term vanilla is not the greatest because as Dan Savage points out, like vanilla is like actually one of the most complex flavors out there. And it's delicious. And it's amazing. Like when I used fresh vanilla pods and seeds in the eggnog I made at Christmas time, <laughs> like. I can't believe you found a way to work that into this oh my conversation. God, so good. Okay. See, see our year end episode where I gave you the recipe, the video for that. But this is where the vanilla-ness of some of the writers came in and you have this concept that is up until that point is executed very very well yeah right there's this 
the type of polyamory that Aurora practices is is the very much like the egalitarian sort of. It doesn't sound like the men in her orbit interact at all, mm-hmm. but they all seem to be like jealousy doesn't aware of to each be, other. Yeah, aware and it, you know whatever. And then it's like it's disclosed, right? But then it's like, oh, but you know because Aurora can fuck anyone, she's fucking everyone like there's right. never enough for this woman's sexual appetite right and that and that that ends up being the straw right but i also think it touches on a fear of a lot of monogamous people yes. that they're just going to be unceremoniously displaced and i think it does by a constant dis- influx of new people but i think playing into that fear does a disservice to that relationship model for sure it does, but this is 1995 we're talking about, or actually 94. Still, but, but how do you how do you get 95 percent of the way there accurately, and then just because you only have 22 minutes? I know. <laughs> I guess you <laughs> need to have you need to have you a need conflict. to end it somewhere. Yeah. It's not like you can like. And then we went to counseling and had a great conversation. Like, no, nah, it's not. We funny. all sat down at the kitchen table, yeah. and we talked about our fears and our desires, and we made a schedule. <laughs> like and, that's not funny. Well, no, I mean, but it's reality. Yeah, so he ends up um, letting her go. And again, the breakup was very sweet. Like he said, you know, there's part of me that's like, this is amazing. Like, don't don't let her go. Like, this is this is great. And then the other part of me is, is like, I can't handle this. And he ends up letting her go. Mm. But it's very sweet and it's very loving. And I'm not a huge fan of Chandler ordinarily. There's a lot of creepy shit that he does. And there's a lot of stuff in Friends in general that doesn't hold up very well. Mm-hmm. However, in some of the moments with with women, like relationships that he's in, he's very sweet. For somebody who looks so awkward and not And he is so awkward. Like and- somebody that like gropes people and is fine impersonating other people when women are drunk. Like it's fucking creepy as shit. But, yeah. But, and... And you never see her again. Like it's like you said, there's a lot of characters that are introduced. And Season one, it. the one where you never see anyone twice, right? <laughs> like. But I thought it was such an interesting foray into polyamory when, mm. like you said, most people at that time didn't really have that the language. Yeah. And I wish I could sort of take my brain back in time. Like, what did you think? Back what did I think? Or if yeah. I even registered? Yeah. What that was? I like Monica and Rachel, where they were like, "Ooh, that's so gross." I think they they actually used the term "gross," and they're like, "Joey, don't you think that's gross?" And he's like, "Yeah, it's totally wrong. Like, I always want to make sure I'm I'm dating more people than my girlfriend is." <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? In the lens and in the background of like. The AIDS epidemic that was going on, yes, in the, in the eighties and the nineties, mm. and what sex ed was like for me going to high school in the nineties, which is like, yeah, don't they, have sex. You're they gonna scared get, you real good. You're gonna get AIDS, right? Like, it's interesting that this is what the progressiveness of this show, right? Um, there's one more from episode or from season. Oh, sorry, no, that's it. That's is that it from season one. one? That's it from season one. So okay. we're moving on to season two now. Cool. Okay. So, season two, episode 24, the one with Barry and Mindy's wedding. Okay. So, this is where the guy that Rachel was supposed to marry marries her best friend. Barry the orthodontist. Or yes. Yeah. And sh- and Rachel is the maid of honor. Wow. They really reconciled, eh? They really did. And even though Barry cheated on Rachel with Mindy and Barry cheated on Mindy with Rachel after they got engaged. 
Oh, wow, really? Yeah, yeah. So at this time, and don't ask me why Monica is invited to Barry and Mindy's wedding, but they are. (laughs) That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. But at this time, Monica is dating Richard, who is played by Tom Selleck and is basically one of her dad's friends. Yeah, but he's the guy from all the reverse mortgage uh, commercials right now in, <laughs> in America. Yeah. And has the Magnum P.I. Yeah, Magnum P.I. And has a great mustache. Yes. If you're into mustaches. The original push broom. Yeah, the original walrus mustache. Yeah. So they're dating and I believe he's 18 or 19 years older than her, her in the show. Her dad's friend. Like, her dad's friend. He knew her. When she was like a little kid, a toddler or yes. a little kid, it's so fucking creepy. And Ross, uh, I, I mean, she's twenty six. She's not, she's not like eighteen. Look, I've got, I've got a, I've got a few friends who have kids uh-huh. that I'm not related to. I'm not thinking like my cousins or something like okay. that. Okay, like my buddy who's sure. in Toronto, right? Okay, and I've known his kids since they were born. Sure. I can never see a scenario where like 20 years from now... Well, 20 years from now, you'll be in your 60s. Right. So that's a problem. And these kids are going to be in their late 20s. Okay. And so let's like, say they're in their early 20s and you're in your late 50s. Yeah, but still gross. Like I could never... <laughs> and I don't mean to yuck anybody's yum, but this thing is problematic from the beginning. They do not give enough airtime to the weirdness of this relationship. I don't know. I feel like she's old enough. She's she's in her mid to late 20s and he's like in his early 50s. I don't feel like that's It's not crazy. the age it's not the age difference that bothers me. It's, it's the dynamic. It's the fact that he's one of her parents' it's friends. It's like a, it's like dating your uncle. Well, and like, that's what Ross says, like, you know, why why should that bother me? He's like a brother to dad. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, Dr. Burke is sexy. And Phoebe and Rachel are like, oh, God, yes. Yeah. Oh, fuck, yes. But anyway, so they've been dating for a while, and they are madly in love with each other. Uh, uh, sorry, Monica and Richard. Richard, right. And they, she's babysitting Ben, who is Ross's little boy. The nephew. And they start talking about children and future. And... He says, you know, sometimes I think about selling my practice and moving to Paris and, you know, we can go and live our life there. And she was like, okay, so we're in Paris and I'm making croissants. Like, do you see a bassinet in the corner? He goes, what do you mean? Like a hound? (laughs) And she was like, not a basset, a bassinet. And he was like, do you really need the bassinet? And she says, well, I just think that the baby would keep falling off the dog. <laughs> and he's already a pop-pop. Like, he's already a grandfather. Yeah. And he was kind of like, I don't really see myself going back to the beginning. Like, and waiting another 20 years for our life to start, you know. I want you now. Like, I want to have this life with you now. And it kind of makes her realize, like, oh, shit, I'm in this relationship where this very fundamental thing we are on opposite ends of the spectrum about and i think that is a common scenario Mm -hmm. in relationships where people get together not initially expecting that the relationship is going to be something serious yeah it gets serious and then it's like oh we never had this talk about yeah do you want kids or right where do you want to live or any of these big kind of decisions where do you want your life to go and it's sad because when a relationship ends well okay it doesn't matter all those differences of opinion don't matter anymore but when a relationship is good 
and you have to end it because mm-hmm. there's no point in continue going on if this is a, a, like a relationship extinction event, right? Yes. And I, I kind of hacked this one a little bit because they end up breaking up over it. Mm-hmm. They end up going to this wedding, which is weird. I don't know why they're there. But he says, okay, I'll do it. Like if, if I have to... If having a baby is what it takes to be with you, then I'll do it. I if I have you. to do this, yeah. if I have to do the three o'clock feedings, if I have to, and she was like, "You're the most wonderful man." If you hadn't, and if you hadn't said, "If I have to," like about a million times, I would say, "Yeah, let's do it." Yeah. But I don't want to have a baby with someone that doesn't want to have a baby. Yeah. And so they break up, and it's super sad. And I hacked this one a little bit because I was like, "Hmm, like, what if there was another option?" Right. You want me to pick up what the other option is? Yeah. Like what What? What would another option be? The other option is she has a baby with somebody else. <laughs> it's not a quiz. I don't know. Like, <laughs> Is that well, the right this answer? Is, this is the thing, right? Is that I want to have a baby. Look, we were on a meetup. Yes. Remember? With, yes. It was like a polycule. Yes. Two couples. Yep. And one couple was married. Mm-hmm. The, or were they both married? I think the both couples were married. Yeah. And the wife from one couple was going to have a baby with the other her boyfriend. With, yeah, with her with the husband from yeah. the other couple or the boy her or boyfriend. the boyfriend or the boyfriend. Yeah. I think it was like another boyfriend and another girlfriend. But they were gonna they were gonna scramble their DNA together. Yeah. And everybody was like, Yeah, we're super excited. Twenty twenty one. Woo Woohoo. Yeah. yeah. Like baby time. And so that kind of made me when I saw that episode again after that, after meeting those people. And look, I get it. This is not for everybody. I understand. Mm-hmm. But if you are madly in love with someone and you think, you know what? I really want to, I don't want to break up with this person, but I really want to have a baby. Can you not sit down and go, look, let's have a growth mindset and try and solve this problem. Yeah. But in their case, within the boundaries of societal norm, they had to break up because that... She couldn't be with him and... And have a baby yeah. at the same time, yeah. right? So, so kind of an interest. I, I just thought I just put that one in there because I thought it was kind of interesting about how how many happy relationships, functional relationships, healthy relationships have to break up because of something like that. And yeah. I'm not saying that's not a big thing. It's a big thing, mm-hmm. and there would have to be a lot of conversation about stuff. Yeah, and whether someone in their fifties even wants to date someone that's going to be pregnant or has an infant or a toddler or whatever. I know a lot of people are like, oh, I don't really want... I mean, there's a lot of discussion to be had about something like that. Mm-hmm. But it destroys her for a really, really long time. And, yes. and he waltzes back into the series every once in a while just to like throw a monkey wrench into the yeah, program. Just, just fuck up her shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so it's kind of like, huh, like interesting. They also try to be fuck buddies at some point. And, Do they? And that doesn't work out so well either. Because she goes to his apartment to surprise him and throws like rose petals all over the bed. Which, why do you have to kill plants <laughs> to roll around? It looks like it would be messy. And he, it would smell nice though. And he's on a date. He's on like a blind date. Oh. And they come back to the apartment. And, she's, and, the, and the date is like, show me your bedroom. And Monica's like, holy fuck. And she like has to hide. Is she and, in like lingerie or whatever? Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, it's pretty awkward. Yeah. So that's the end of their fuck buddy relationship, yeah. which also, let's have a conversation. Yes. You don't get to surprise me. If you're not dating anymore, you don't get to surprise no. them at their place. But... She must have had a key to his apartment. She did. So Richard is also to blame for this. 
Change the locks. Get the key back. That sounds so aggressive, but okay. <laughs> so, so there's that one. Okay. Then we have season two, episode 13. The one after the Super Bowl, part two. Oh, it's a two-parter. Yeah. Okay. And I didn't care about it. It, it you know, it, it's kind of there. There are some episodes where you can tell it sweeps week, which when you've been watching your shit on streaming services for four years, yeah, you forget about that. Yeah, the Christmas episode it doesn't doesn't fall in the right spot, and yeah, sweeps like it, doesn't fall. And, and, and this, so this one was like a star-studded couple of episodes where Ross is reunited with <gasps> Marcel. Oh, with his monkey. Yeah, what did you think? I thought Brad Pitt, this is a Brad Pitt Oh, one. no, no, no. That's a Thanksgiving, That's a Thanksgiving episode. One. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Which is also a sweeps episode because like November, right? Right, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that was like the biggest crowd reaction. Yeah. And it's really funny because his character absolutely hates Rachel's character. Yeah, him and Ross had a like, I hate Rachel Green Club or something like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> Co-founded. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Phoebe's just like, thirsting after him yep. come on will just take off your shirt and tell us <laughs> so this is the one after the super bowl part two so ross gets reunited with marcel okay. his macaque no is it ma oh that's a white face capuchin monkey native to central america we saw them we did when we were in costa, we saw rica. Them in costa rica and, and and also around the same time that that show came out there was a movie called outbreak oh yes with dustin hoffman yes in 2020 with, said the, uh, yeah my beer. well but the problem was is that it was supposed to be the Ebola virus, okay. which originates in Africa, okay. but it was a capuchin monkey that was the vector. And you're like, that doesn't make any fucking sense. It's like when you see like mm. when you see a macaw flying I, I guess it, in I guess Africa. It, I guess something. it doesn't primatologist. Well, no, I, yeah, but anyways. Okay, remember remember Rampage and the Rock? Oh, that was the best. Couldn't couldn't pronounce primatologist yeah he said it wrong <laughs> he said he was one and he couldn't even say it properly i love the rock by the way please we love you, we love and, you but... and but the best part of that was when he was doing sign language with with yeah. with the gorilla george george and he's like george it's me and the sign language he's doing is the, the rock. rock like yeah, for it's me. me the rock yeah yeah and, 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 you're, and you're like oh my god like, so cute that's amazing anyway so he's a capuchin monkey and why yeah. do they call them capuchin monkeys uh because of the capuchin monks and also a cappuccino comes from that. Yeah, it's, because they're they're, they're, they're like white the on the head. Yeah, he's white, white with a little white black. White and then and then brown. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Anywho, so there's all these different celebrities, and Rachel and Monica see Jean Claude Van Damme, <laughs> and Monica wants to ask him out, and she's too scared. So Monica's like, or Rachel said, I'll go ask him out for you. Yeah. So she goes up to him and she says, I just came over here to tell you that my friend thinks you're cute. And Jean-Claude Van Damme says, well, you can tell your friend that I think that her friend is cute. And it takes Rachel a second. Smooth. Yeah. JC, smooth. And so he asks Rachel out. And so Rachel goes out with Jean-Claude Van Damme. And oh, it doesn't go over well. No. And it's she like, was you know so what? Put your, put your big girl pants on and ask him out if that's what you want. But you have to... Uh. So she thinks that Rachel like betrayed her by like... Right stealing her man or her imaginary man right so anyway so they get into a big fight over it like a like a like a girl fight over it and phoebe grabs them both by the ear and she's like you see what would happen if we were in prison you two would be my bitches <laughs> and rachel tries to fix it by asking jean-claude van damme if he'll go on a blind date with monica right and so they're walking along monica and jean-claude van damme and 
and he has no problem. He'll just date anybody. Anybody eh? like he, he's well, like yeah, cute bitches sure, whatever. all over it. And she's like, "Hey, could you beat up that guy?" And he's like, "Probably." And she's like, "Cool. Could you beat up that guy?" And it's like just it's just a disaster. And she says to him, like, you know, do you go on a lot of blind dates? And he's like, no, I don't usually accept blind dates. And she was like, oh, like, what made you change your mind this time? <laughs> like, she's so special. And he says to her, oh, well, Rachel said that you were interested in having a threesome with me and Drew Barrymore. <laughs> Which, by the way, Drew has a few ground rules. Look at Drew with the boundaries, eh? I know! I was just like, okay, that that is really awesome because... We haven't done our group sex etiquette episode yet, no. our threesome etiquette yet. But I was like, oh, that is so hilarious that, first of all, we just we just watched The Wedding Singer yes. together for we, the first time. Yeah. Like, I've seen it, you've seen, seen it, it but we hadn't yeah, seen it together seen it and we hadn't seen it in a long time. Yeah. And Drew Barrymore is adorable in that movie. She's totes adorbs. She, <laughs> Julia Gulia. <laughs> Julia Gulia. Oh, her name's going to be Julia Gulia. That's funny. Why is that funny? I don't know. <laughs> Glenn Gulia. <laughs> and so, yeah, so he says, yeah, but you know, she's got she's got some ground rules. And I just thought, wow, that is so gr-. and it's it's such a throwaway joke. Mm-hmm. Where if you've never had a threesome or you don't know anything about that world, you wouldn't find that funny. Right. Or understand how important that is. Like, yes. oh yeah, you got to have ground rules. Yes. Go, go you know, go Drew, right? Yeah. And and then of course, they cut right to a scene of another girl fight between Rachel and Monica because Monica is completely insulted and upset and angry. And you're like, what's wrong with that? What was Rachel supposed to do? I don't know. Like I think that's a pretty ingenious solution. I mean, it's a disingenuous. <laughs> it is right. Like, hey, go on this date because this. It's like it's like when you are on a dating app and the person puts up pictures that don't look like them and then you go on the date with them and you're like you don't look anything like your picture like submit and fucking jenny from 90 day where she he catfished her she found out and she was like i guess i'll date you anyways and it's it's been like a four-year odyssey but 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 why like clearly i mean it's a little bit shitty actually you know what i take it back rachel was being really catty in that (laughs) she's like all right all right i'll set you up on a date with jean-claude van damme but I'm going to tell him it's because you want to have a threesome with him and Drew Barrymore, which Monica never said she wanted to do. Yeah, but you never, but, but you didn't see the conversation. Like maybe he was like, oh, I don't really do blind dates. And she was like, oh, I got to get this done. But it's all going to fall apart. <laughs> well, it's not like they were going to stay together. No, but like, okay, even if she didn't say like, so why did you go on a blind date with me? Right? Even if, if he was like, like the day went well and he like ended the date and he's like, and Drew is just so, sitting in the hotel room waiting yeah, for the like, two of them to so show up. So are we going to do this thing? And she'd well, be maybe like, he would find thing? out what her ground rules were. Okay, it's just a show. You know what? Rachel fucked Monica on that one. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> twice. Yeah, yeah, twice over. Yeah. So season two, episode 17. Okay. The one where Eddie moves in. I love Eddie. Do you? Because he's so angry. He is. You had sex with her, didn't you? No. She just came to drop off the fish. <laughs> the fish? Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Eddie's, he's, Eddie's a little intense. He's very intense. He, that actor's been in a couple things, and he's, he's he's very good. Yeah. So Joey starts making a lot of money with his soap opera show, being on Days of Our Lives, and then he moves out to his own condo, and so Chandler gets a new roommate, and Joey comes to get 
some of his things that he's left and he discovers Eddie <laughs> in the apartment. And Eddie is curiously making breakfast for Chandler. It's really interesting. <laughs> one one kind of thread throughout this entire show is this intimation of homosexuality between mm. a lot of the male characters. And at the very same time, this gay, this gay panic yeah. that is a source of humor throughout the whole and i it's not funny like i don't i don't find it funny. it does it's one of the things that holds up the least yes in the it's show like okay except the couple of times that the female friends kiss yeah so when uh when they switch apartments mm-hmm. you know when the, when the girls lose the apartment yeah to the boys and then they send them to the basketball game and by the time they get back the girls had switched the apartments back (laughs) and they're like all right like we knew you'd be upset so we have a deal if you let us keep the apartment rachel and i will kiss for one minute (laughs) and then they cut to the scene of totally worth it totally (laughs) worth it and the girls are like guys are so stupid like i can't believe that like they would agree to that and phoebe's like you know, if you had just done that the first time, nobody would have had to move at all. There you go. And Monica's like, let, let, let's pretend that's not true. <laughs> so that's not a big deal. And right. Phoebe kissing Rachel to find out what the big deal was. What the big deal was because yeah. of her and Winona Ryder. But like, but there's this gay panic between the male characters that is sort of a, a recurring theme, and it's not funny anymore. But no, but it's a reflection of the of the attitudes of the for times. sure. For sure, it is. So. So then Eddie goes to work. See you, pals. And <laughs> and Joey and Chandler are left to, you know, have it out. Have their little lovers quarrel. I feel like if Eddie was cast now, mm-hmm. it would be Ben Shapiro. <laughs> is this what the feminists want? There's some whores in this, this house. Is what they, this is what they fought for. <laughs> you make a good Eddie. Thanks. Eddie's like younger brother or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. So Joey... Says, you know, like Chandler, Chandler's like, these eggs are, that Eddie made are amazing. And Joey's like, I thought you always preferred my eggs. <laughs> and Chandler's like, well, you know, those are good too, but you know. And then Eddie leaves and Joey's all like, what do you like better? Eddie's eggs or my eggs? And he was like, I like both of them equally. Oh, no. No, no, no. <laughs> you can't, you can't do that. And Chandler's like, what does it matter? You took your eggs and you left. And you start to realize that it's not about eggs at all. But what I found interesting was your little analogy for non-monogamy. Where you're like, you know, you have like scrambled eggs for breakfast every day. And then one day you want eggs benedict. And it doesn't mean that you love scrambled eggs any less. You just want... And I'm like, I'm not a huge fan of that analogy. No, because you don't like being reduced to food. You love food, but you don't want to be food. I don't want to be scrambled eggs. No. No. Uh... A delicious especially, omelet. Especially pebbly eggs the way you like it. Hey, relax with my eggs, okay? They're amazing. <laughs> They're okay. <laughs> anyway, so I, so that was kind of interesting because I think, again, that's a lot of the fear that monogamous people have yeah, about non-monogamy replaced. is that love is a zero-sum game yep. and that if you have feelings for someone else, that that removes or reduces or redistributes the love that you feel for your current partner. You had a conversation with somebody today on I those did. exact same lines. Yes, I did. 
Yeah. What do you have to say about that? About, about, about the zero-sum game of well, love? Well, I mean, we've I've already talked about it with you a number of times and on the podcast in earlier episodes about understanding that the, the, the story that we've been told about love from movies and TV shows and, and the modeling that's out there, especially about a monogamous relationship, is that it's one or the other. It can't be both. And I think any parent that has had more than one child or any, any parent who's had a child and also loves their partner, I mean, it's a different kind of love, I guess. But, but like, we all have parents at one point and presumably we all love them. Mm-hmm. And you might like one more than the other, but it's not like because you love your mom, you can't love your dad. Right. Or if you've got more than one kid, it's not like you love one kid less because the other one came along. <laughs> right. So you understand this. Or if you've got a couple of really close friends, it's not like you can't have, can't love more than one friend platonically. Right. right. But when it comes to a romantic situation, so many of us are kind of like, no, like, I mean, I, I can't, I can't love two people the way I love one person. I think because sex is involved. That's when it starts to get scary. Because of everything that we have attached mm. as a society yeah. to what sex means. Yes. And yeah. so that becomes problematic. But, yeah. but, it, but again, it was just, you know, that analogy of the eggs. Do you like Eddie's eggs better or do you like my eggs better? Dude, well, nobody... Eddie's eggs are here. So <laughs> Nobody likes change. Yeah. Oh, okay. So we're, so, okay. We are going to go to that one. Which one? We were on a break? Season three, episode 15. So Ross and Rachel have the already The one where Ross and Rachel take a break. And then they take a break. Because they have a fight. Yes. Because what was the fight about? Uh, she gets a job at Ralph Lauren. Not Ralph Lauren. Uh, Bloomingdale's. Bloomingdale's? Barney's? No. I think it's Bloomingdale's. Okay. Anyway, she has this guy that she works with, Mark, who got her the job. And Ross is suspicious of him from the beginning. Right. Only got her a job so that he could bang her, I guess. Like, yeah. what would HR have to say about that? Well, I think, I, like, he he asks Joey, like, or Chandler asks Joey, like, are men nice to women just to be nice? And Joey's like, no, only for sex. <laughs> right? So so they fuel, they fuel Ross's, they fuel Ross's insecurities yes. and his jealousy. And this, I think, I think at the beginning of their relationship, which I, I'm super mad that they ended up together. Sorry for the spoiler, everyone. 25 years later he seemed he was a lot happier when she was just a waitress quote unquote (laughs) when she started to come into her own and find a career that she really liked and that was something that started to take her time up Mm -hmm. and take it away from him he became very jealous and very possessive and oh and just like and and but he would he would come to her work and like bring picnics and do weird shit and it was just like stop like stuff that you would never do if you're a normal human being <laughs> and so it all comes to He's a head because a gesture yeah uh, like she's i think i think she says something like you know you may as well have just come down and peed all the way around my desk to mark your territory mm. and so she feels very like she's exhausted with all of it and it it it's their anniversary and she has to work late and he is you freaking know, out freaking out and so she comes home and they have an argument and she was and he's like i don't know what to do about this and she's like i don't know either like maybe maybe we just need a break and he says okay well let's go get some frozen yogurt or something and she's like no like a break from us and he 
slams the door, walks mm-hmm. out. So and, and walks right into another vagina. The, gr- the girl from the copy place. <laughs> <laughs> so he he goes to join Chandler and Joey at this party, like this outing, and the girl from the copy place is there, and. And we saw her recently. She was in the wedding singer. Wasn't she's she? in the wedding singer. She's, she's Linda. Linda. Yeah, yeah, she's Linda. In the, wedding singer. Um, the funny part about that episode is a little bit earlier on when she invites them. Like they make a big deal about the hot girl from the copy place. They've talked about her a couple of times in previous episodes. Leading up to this episode. Leading up to it. Yeah. And so they are just trying to look for stuff to copy so that they can right. go down and see her. And so she's like, so Chandler and Joey go up to the counter and she's like, what do you, Hey, what are you guys doing later? And Chandler's like, both of us. She goes, maybe. <laughs> that scare you? That was like today when I walked into the house, I was like I'm here for the roofer gangbang. And you're like, <laughs> it's already done. It's like- already over. <laughs> <laughs> there were some people doing some work. Yeah. I had some roofers here today yeah. at the house. So. <laughs> Very funny. Yeah. So, and and that and that's even another thing, sort of alluding to the devil's threesome. The devil's for, threesome for her suggesting a devil's threesome. The MFM. Yeah, and they they talk about Joey and Chandler are in the coffee house talking about. They're like, hey, remember when uh, Chloe kind of talked about both of us? And they were like, yes. He's like, yeah. He's like, you know how what how might that go down? Like, what what kind of rules do you think that we should have and and so rule number one never open your eyes (laughs) and then it's like yeah but like what if you reach out and you touch something and you you know so revisiting the gay panic yeah and joey's like all right eyes open at all times and so that's their first rule eyes open at all times and then it's like how do we decide where we should each be like what do you i think chloe will tell you where well she and the wants thing is you. is like it's it's not it's 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 not like you stay there the whole time so and so or, no chandler says we'll we'll flip a coin like you know heads or tails call heads or tails and joey's like yeah but how do we know which one's heads and which one's tails and chandler's like well if you don't know that i don't want to do this with you <laughs> so it was a good joke yeah so that that's kind of a funny thing where, you know, she's like, maybe, is that scary? And they're like, no. And clearly, and then it, clearly it does. It does yeah. yeah, because, you know, they have no clue what to do with her. And so, ironically, Ross ends up having sex with her. And, and then, of course, you know, they don't... We had a whole episode about we were on a break and how mm-hmm. Ross and Rachel don't... They didn't define they their They don't break. define their break and put down any rules, but... Or, um, or timelines for like how long it should be before you see somebody else. Right. Or anything like that. And then they flip out about it and... Yes, which we also we, we also talked about in the, is this cheating or cheating or not cheating? Yeah. Or it's like, you had your shit set up before you took a break. So it, it wasn't even so much about the break. It was about sort of the devil's threesome that, that Chloe suggests or pretends to suggest right. to the boys. And then the next one, it's like the day after mm. kind of thing. And Ross is hunting down the trail. Do you want to tell me what the trail is? I don't know what the trail is. You don't know is. what the trail is? You got to think about the trail. Is this the like... The trail of the girl that you did it with to the girl that you hope never finds out that you did it. Yeah, no, I don't know. Do explain. 
Yeah, that's what I just I just explained. Oh, that, that's the trail. That's the trail. And why is Ross hunting? Oh, 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 I get it now. Oh, man, I'm like... Are you drunk? No, but it, you would think so with, <laughs> with how slow I'm responding. I get it. The, Ross is trying to put out, preemptively put out any fires so that Rachel doesn't find out about Correct. Chloe. I get it. So he starts out at the copy place. Right. Right? And says to Chloe, like, Chloe, you didn't tell anybody about last night, did you? And she's like, oh, no. Like... As, you no, know, that's just, nobody. That's, oh, but that's nobody's business. And he's like, okay, like not even <gasps> Isaac, who's like the hippie kind of guy that we're. And she's like, oh well, I I tell Isaac everything. Yeah, like of course Isaac. You know, so the first person he has to talk to is Isaac, and he's like, so you know, um, I just wanted to talk to you, and Isaac's like, you dog, right? Like, <laughs> and he says, you know, I I I have a girlfriend, you know. Oh yeah, that Rachel chick from the coffee place, and he's like, yeah, I. I really don't want to hurt her. Oh, I know. We never want to hurt them. But monogamy is just too cruel a rule. (laughs) (laughs) And Isaac is trying to have this like philosophical conversation with Ross about monogamy. And Ross is just like, I'm just trying to save my ass here, if you don't mind. And it's like, maybe he's interested on your views on Richard Leakey's work. I don't know. Yeah, right? But it was just kind of funny about how, again, tiptoeing up to that topic about, you know, if monogamy is natural, why is it so hard? Right? And really, it comes down to the fact that Ross was hurt and upset and he needed comfort, and she was there. That's basically what it came down to, right? Yeah. And feeling a little bit emasculated, I think, by Mark, Rachel's co-worker, and Rachel choosing her job over him. And right. So he wanted to feel important and desired again, and that's what Chloe did for him. So I just, I thought that was, you know, oh, I know, we never want to hurt them, but monogamy is just too cruel to rule. <laughs> so that was kind of funny. Let me see. What else have I got here? There is... Now we're getting into season six, which is obviously more than halfway through the series. And so everything's pretty well established. But Chandler and Janice are together for the umpteenth time in this series. I love to hate Janice. I love... I just love to love Janice. She's amazing. Do you know they used to hide her? Because that show was filmed before a live audience. Oh, so they would get the like crowd reaction yes. when she showed up. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So they would hide her. Like, you know, I think when they, you know, they bring out the cast at the beginning and yeah. everybody cheers and yeah. then they kind of go and take their places and, and they would hide her on purpose so that when she would walk into scenes, everybody would go ape shit. Oh my God. <laughs> pretty good and she shows up at all of these pivotal moments yeah like when rachel's having a baby when chandler and monica are buying a house like it's just she just shows up in all the and everybody in just goes leopard crazy. print yeah it's great she's got a sweet little body under there yeah i feel like her and bad janet would go and have a fun time oh somewhere. my god her and bad janet is the fucking fan porn that needs to be made <laughs> For the good place and friends crossover. There you go. Yeah. See? Um, so there's an episode. So it's season six, episode 16 called The One That Could Have Been. Okay. 
and they're musing in the coffee house about what if I hadn't gotten divorced? Ross says, what if I hadn't gotten divorced? And Phoebe's like, which time? He's like, the first time. <laughs> and Chandler's like, what if I had been, what if I had my writing career? And Monica's like, what if I was still fat? Which is another thing that irritates me about that, that series. doesn't hold up well at all. Not at all. all. No. Her being the butt of the jokes because she used to be overweight is really just fucking brutal. And it's not funny. Like, no. And I think Phoebe is like, what if I'd taken that job at on Wall Street or whatever? And and what if Rachel married Barry? And so and so Ross, Ross is still married to Carol and their sex life is a disaster. Of course, because Carol is actually gay. She's a lesbian. Yeah. But. But if they stay married, she never comes out. Right. So, but their sex life sucks. Mm -hmm. And he's talking to Phoebe about it, who, because of her high power job, she's had a heart attack and she's in the hospital. Right. And he's, she asks like, how are things going with Carol? And he's like, well, you know, we haven't had sex in a really long time. And she's like, oh, it's really, how long has it been? He said, well, on Saturday, it'll be two weeks. And she's like, that's not bad. Since I stopped trying (laughs) six months ago. Like it, it's, it. Turns out to be a really long time. Yeah, yeah. And so he's like, you know, she's like, maybe you just need to spice things up a little bit. And he's like, okay, like what? And she starts go like whips and tying each other up and using food and all kinds. And she's like, or you could have a threesome. Like you could. And he was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so then cut to him and Carol sitting awkwardly on the couch. Yeah. He's like, I really wanted to talk to you about our sex life. And she's like, okay. Great. Yeah. And he said, you know, maybe there's some things we could do to spice it up. And she's like, all right. And he names off all these things, tying each other up and like super awkward and just like maybe like some whipped cream or, or I don't know, like a threesome. And she goes, I love that idea. (laughs) Which is made all the more funny because we know she, in the the real timeline, she's gay. Yeah. And so then she makes like a three page list of women (laughs) <laughs> that are potentials for her and he was just like going through the pages like wow there's a lot there's a lot here and they end up having the threesome with susan yeah who in the alternate reality is her partner yeah. that she leaves ross for and there's a really funny scene where it's like they're super excited to have this threesome and carol shows up at the door and basically ross is left completely out of the narrative. Yeah, he holds like her jacket and stuff like that. <laughs> and it's it's funny because that kind of turns that kind of turns the the big fear on its head from a gender perspective because I think that women who are asked by their partners to have a threesome mm. feel like they're going to get left out. Oh, that's a great point. I right? never really like, thought of that. Like the, yeah. that their, their dude is just like in a heterosexual sort of threesome, right? Sure. That like the dude is just going to be more, like, this is just a way to fuck this other woman. Like an, like an FMF threesome. Yeah. Right. And, Where he's just using it as a, as a vehicle to right. fuck this other woman that he wants to fuck. Like, yeah. And they pretty much did that because Ross brought it up. Right. And, right. And, and Susan was like, yeah cool no carol carol was like oh yeah cool and then her and susan just totally fucking like leave ross out in the cold yeah so then he tries to tell joey about it he's like have you ever had a threesome joey's like oh yeah that's amazing he's like 
he's like, was, it? wasn't it awesome? And he was like, I don't know. I felt like there would have been more. What was Joey know. doing in the alternate future? Uh, he was he was still on Days of Our Lives. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. And. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. Because Rachel like wants his autograph. Yeah. Something. Oh, no. She, like she she wants to fuck him. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. she's like she's like this bored super wealthy comes to the city for like a yeah like a girl's weekend or whatever yeah and uh and so so yeah that's that's a cool perspective that you bring up that that's usually the fear the you know heterosexual woman's fear that her boyfriend is just like lusting after all of her friends and just waiting to pick one well and that's i think i think that underpins a lot of the fear couples have about having a threesome Mm -hmm. with somebody they know sure because is there an ulterior motive? Does it fuck right. up the friendship? All that kind of stuff. And why so many opt to like pick up a rando at a bar or something like that. Yeah, or should... the, the smarter decision, which is to hire a sex worker mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who, as Dan Savage says, you don't pay for the sex. You pay to leave after the sex. Right. Right. Like they're not going to be in your life after this. Sure. But yeah. Well, it's just... Yeah. So that so that was kind of funny just exploring like you said, turning the threesome, the the heterosexual threesome on its head, right? So this one is so huge. Huge. (laughs) It's so big and it's so, like, this one really blew my mind because it, it just, it's so quick and I think it went over a lot of people's heads and it was literally in one sentence and nobody talked about it again. There were no follow-up questions. It wasn't like it. I'm. I was just like, how? Yeah. How did Phoebe not have any more questions? Well, so what is it? <laughs> I so, know, but the listeners. Yeah, don't no, know. you don't. But thanks, thanks for jumping on my hands. Okay, so this one, this one is season four, episode one, the one with the jellyfish. And ah, uh, yes. It, and- Hold overshadowed on. yeah no no no. and this is the thing there's some pretty major mm-hmm. plot points that get perpetuated in this episode so so the way it ends so the last episode of season three they're all at the beach right okay rachel has convinced ross's girlfriend to shave her head again <laughs> and ross is like i can't and at the same time Rachel and Ross are kind of dancing around, getting back together. They're flirting a lot and yeah. all that kind of stuff. And so... She's sabotaging his relationship. Yeah. And because Ross doesn't tend to like bald chicks. But um, <laughs> basically it comes down to, you know, I'm going to be upstairs. You decide what you want to do. Right? And the the, se- the season ends with Ross between these two doors. And presumably Bonnie is one. behind one and Rachel is behind another one. So bald headed s- Bonnie yeah. and Rachel and Rachel with the Rachel with the Rachel. And you see him go into a door, but you don't know which one it is. Right. Right. And so season four picks up, he walks into one of the rooms and it's, it's Rachel's room, but Bonnie's in there and Rachel is putting like cream on her sunburnt bald head. Oh my God. <laughs> Not what he was expecting. No, to no, no, no. And yeah, so anyway, so so that that kind of sets up the whole the whole Ross and Rachel reuniting, right? And him having to read this eighteen-page letter that she wrote, and <laughs> he falls asleep and doesn't read the letter, and she gets up in the morning and is like, "Well, does it?" And he's like, "Does it? It does." And she's like, "Oh." And she collapses into his arms and he's, he's like, like fuck, fuck i gotta what, read this yeah letter. like what did i what did i read 
And basically, he had just taken responsibility for everything that had happened, right? Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, is that something that you can do is to take responsibility? And, and so that, you know, a couple, an, an episode or two later is what basically like implodes the whole thing again and sort of lays to rest. Like season one was like Ross trying to get Rachel. Season two, Ross gets Rachel. And then they and then they break up. And then season three was them kind of like being broken up. And right. are they going to get back together? And, and Will then, they, won't they? And then early, early in season four, it's like, oh no, they're done. Right. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so that's the major plot point. Uh, that's plot, the A plot. plot. A plot is the Ross and Rachel. The B plot is Monica and Chandler, and it's kind of prophetic. I don't know if the writers knew at that point where they were going with, with the, the with the story arc, yeah. but there's this sort of banter that's been going on between Monica and Chandler about like you know like that she says he's not boyfriend material. <laughs> and he does all these things to try and get her to admit that yes he's boyfriend material and that like and even like for her yeah for her and yeah. not that he wants to date her it was just sort of a you don't want your friends thinking you're a piece of shit yeah it's like what do you mean i'm not dateable you know and and they're lying on the beach her and her and chandler and joey go to the beach and and he's like what if i was like the last man on the planet and like we had to we had to re- and she was like, eh, like still, <laughs> yeah, still, uh, you know what? Humanity dies. Yeah, I don't know. Like, you know, maybe, maybe with condoms, like maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and Joey digs this hole in the sand. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and then, the, and then the tide comes in and Monica gets stung by a jellyfish. Mm-hmm. So what happens then? What, what's the big, what's the big plot B plot with that? So I don't even think. They don't. They don't show the discussion on the beach, do they? No, they don't. They, they talk they, about they it later. Like, they're like back at the beach house or whatever. And they're... No, it's it's when the trip is over and everybody's back in the apartment. Oh, right. And they, and they just because they come back from the beach and everybody's like, "Hey, how's the beach?" And nobody and wants like, to talk. They're like, "Nothing. Yeah. I don't know." Like, just they're acting super sketch. Yeah. Right. And then it comes out that Monica got stung by a jellyfish. And popular wisdom is that if you get stung by a jellyfish, that if you don't have other medical things near you vinegar is generally what you need mm-hmm. you need the acetic acid to kind of like neutralize the the, the little stingers right okay you can use urine because fresh urine, urine yeah fresh urine because urine has ammonia and i mean cat urine would probably be better because it's got way more ammonia than, oh my god does than, it ever than oh. human human pee but good luck trying to get a cat to piss in a cup for you right like <laughs> not so much <laughs> well and and urine straight from the source is sterile yes so you know, I mean, once it's been lying around for a while, it's kind of gross. But mm-hmm. when it first comes out, it's, you know, you don't have to worry about... Although when you get an STI test for gonorrhea, they want fresh pee. Mm-hmm. And then they also want like midstream pee. Oh. Yeah. And then you have to like... I'm not even going to ask why you know that. Because I've had STI tests before. Several. <laughs> yeah, but... <laughs> Preventatively. <laughs> Anyways, so... Doctor, I think I need a gonorrhea test. Yeah, well, I Why? mean, it's just part of the panel. Flame but, shoot out my dick when I pee. <laughs> I mean, that would be a cool, t- that would be a cool that's trick. A, that's, a, that's a very early Eddie Murphy throwback, but anyway. But it, it comes out that Monica needed somebody to pee on her. Yes. And everybody thinks it's going to be Joey, because Joey's right. got the swagger. Yeah. <laughs> and it yeah. turns out it was Chandler. Right. And and she still doesn't think he's boyfriend material. Still after that. After that. I, you, I stepped up. Would you pee on me? Here's the thing. This is okay. this, my my issue. Yes is the short answer. I mean in the non-water sport. Yes. Yes. Wrong. I would if you needed it. But this is this is the thing because I've joked about this 
because this episode comes up all the time. Like when you're on a dive boat oh, okay. and people are like, what happens if I get stung by a jellyfish? Oh, I just pee on you, right? And everybody's like, everybody just imagines. And like, you're like, everybody's already peed in their in their wetsuit yeah, a million like, times. But people imagine like all the dudes line up and like whip their dicks out like fire hoses and just like, like spray you down. Piss in a cup. Yeah. in private and, and then pour, pour that yeah. on like yeah, yeah, it doesn't yeah. have to be this like <laughs> okay, like okay. <laughs> oh my god this just gets worse and worse so that's that's what happened that was that but was you were the, telling me something about oh right in in places like australia on the beaches where je- various types of jellyfish and some sometimes even like lethal forms of jellyfish are present they'll have like at the surf life stations even even beaches that don't have lifeguards they because i was in far north queensland and in the daintree and we found this beautiful beach there was like water monitor lizards running around on the beach it was fucking gorgeous and yet even on this deserted beach there was like a wooden post with a life-saving you know here's what to do mm-hmm. and in a box was a bottle of vinegar emergency vinegar emergency like around here where we live, there are stormwater ponds and things like that. And if they're large enough and there isn't a fence around it, there'll be like a life-saving ring mm-hmm. up on a post or like yeah. a net or like a, a pole to pull people <laughs> back. Yeah. Like, and and it's there in case somebody falls in. Right. This vinegar was there in case you're at huh. this secluded beach and you get you get stung by a Portuguese man of war or, or something. Or if, like you know, if your fries are tasting a little bland. Well, this is the thing. It's, hmm, <laughs> like, it's just vinegar. Like, right. can, you, can you imagine that? Like, you're there... This happens. You go to use the vinegar and there's like a chip truck that's just down the way and there's no vinegar left because everybody's been like getting to the beach with their fries and going like, I really wish I had some vinegar. Oh, shit. We'll just use this. And just... <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, no, I think it's like it's like sealed up the way uh, okay. like, you know, like a hand sanitizer. Uh, no, but I mean, like when like a like a fire alarm. Oh, thing. like you have to, to like punch it. the glass. Oh. Kind of, like it's like. Oh. Well, not glass, but like it's something like that to right, keep, okay. keep it, it from being tampered with, right? <laughs> but and you know what? And this is it. Do you think it's is it white vinegar or is it malt? No, it's white. It's always okay. white. Acetic acid, like that's what. That's what I mean, you want. I feel like malt vinegar is my favorite for, for fries. fries. Yeah, I love when you go to a chip truck and they have it in a spray bottle. Yeah, and you can just like nice even <laughs> mist <laughs> all yeah. over it. Yeah, good times, good. good times. So. So Ross okay, and so Rachel, that's the, yeah, that's so that, the B plot. That's, that's the not B-plot. even what this. That's not even why this. Epi- that's. I mean, that's why the episode is notable. People remember right. it because of the jellyfish. Yes, but there is a throwaway, almost a throwaway line in that yes. episode that kind of was the impetus for pretty much everything else that we've talked about in this yes. episode. Yes, because I had you know determined that I was going to watch it through as many times. I was going to like saturate myself with friends before it went away. Before you had to pay for it. I'm not paying for it. I'm watching it to see if it goes on. <laughs> Okay. So the reason that they all go to the beach in the first place is because Phoebe finds this woman who knows her parents and wanted to get more information about them. And this woman's name, coincidentally, is also Phoebe. Okay. And this Phoebe is played by Terry Garr, which if you're old enough, you'll remember Terry Garr from a lot of 80s movies. Mr. Mom. I don't know. I can't even think of another one. But she she was around a lot in the 80s. Sounds like... I mean, not blockbuster 80s movies. Yeah. Like, she, I mean, well... Uh, Mr. Mom. Was you don't remember Steve Mr. Mom? Go- was that Steve Gutenberg? No, that was your dad. Um, oh, Tom Selleck? No. How is your dad Tom Selleck? <laughs> Sorry, Who does your dad look like? Oh, yeah. My dad looks like Batman. Uh, Batman. The first Batman. Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton. Yeah. Anyhow. So she was a pretty popular comedic actress in the 80s. And 
she shows up and it and it you find out at the very end of at the in the season finale of season three that she's actually Phoebe's real mom. So in this episode, they already know that they're going to. Yes. Well, it's it's they stop in the middle of the of the conversation where she's like, I'm your mother. And that's where they end it. And it's really kind of funny because it's so obvious because they look similar. They act similar. Yeah, they they both u- they both use that word. You know, I'm, I was feeling all floopy and, you know, like it, it's just. And Phoebe's just kind of like, oh, God, she is my mom. Like, you can tell. All she needs to do is start singing Smelly Cat or something. Yeah, exactly. Well, actually, her dad wrote that. Oh, seriously? Her dad wrote that, yeah. Um, He's like, I I was a horrible father. Like, I, I, you know, I would try to sing to you, and it would just make you cry more. And she's like, you would sing to me? He's like, yeah. Like, I made up this song. It's like, um, let me see if I can remember. Um, Sleepy girl, sleepy girl, why won't you go to sleep? Uh, Sleepy girl, sleepy girl, you're keeping me up. Yeah, it was like that. And she was just like, "Uh, That's the melody for Smelly Cat. Yeah. (laughs) pretty good <laughs> anyway so at the beginning of in, in this episode the the season premiere of season four we come back to the conversation between phoebe and her mom and she was like okay so why don't you tell me the story because apparently like i was born and then everybody started lying their asses off like that's <laughs> and she was like well do you remember when i told you that lily and frank and i were close like well we were really close and phoebe's like like how close and she goes well the three of us were kind of a." A couple. Oh. And, and you know, I just, I saw that episode again and I was like, wait, what? Like, I mean, now we call them. A thruple. A thruple. Mm-hmm. But she didn't even, there wasn't even that language. Yeah. Then, and maybe just for, you know, people would be like, what the fuck is a thruple? I mean, it was 1997. You know, people were like, mm-hmm. what the fuck is a thruple? But. She basically, and she was like, and somehow I got pregnant. And you want to go, what do you mean somehow? Like it's somehow? really not that hard to figure out how you got pregnant. But she basically tells Phoebe that her and Frank and Lily were a thruple and she got pregnant. They were all, and they were all young. They were like 18 years old. And wow. yeah, and she got pregnant and had the girls like her and uh, Phoebe and, and Ursula yeah. and then basically took off. And left the girls with Lily and Frank. And then... And then Frank takes off. But where's Frank Jr. come from? Frank Jr. is... So her... So Phoebe's dad, Frank... Yeah. Marries someone else. So not Lily. Not Lily. Lily Lily and Phoebe... Lily stays with Phoebe until she... Until Lily commits suicide. Okay. And then Phoebe comes to New York and like, you know, lives in cars with someone that... And thinks that Lily is her mom. She thinks Lily is her mom. Right. Yeah. And Frank... Frank takes off... Marries someone else, has another child, Frank Jr. Right. Right. So so Phoebe and Frank Jr. are half, half, half siblings. siblings. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then Phoebe, her real mom, presumably never marries or has any other children. Right. Yeah. And she just and she's and and it's it's just so fascinating to me how like to think of that as a as a plot twist and then absolutely not address it like like phoebe doesn't even tell the rest of the friends yeah, like, like she just says oh well phoebe's like my real mom and they're like oh my god and she doesn't even say and my parents were a thruple like i don't know how you do that i remember driving through a part near where we live and remembering that there used to be a sex club in that area and i went i think my parents went to that sex club Oh, like a swingers club. Yeah, like a, I was like, like, where are you going with it? Yeah, this? and and like you find that out, and you, how do you not tell somebody? And yeah, here you know your parents were, you know, a thruple, a thruple. Yeah, it's yeah. And Unless there was a lot of like embarrassment or shame around it. 
Yeah. And then, you know, like, and then, and then there's another one, like, you know, I'll put the, the episode, we'll put it in the show notes, mm-hmm. but like, there's one where Phoebe is dating two guys at the same time and they don't know about each other. Right. And she's trying to decide. They're like, Phoebe, you have to decide. And she's like, I, you know, do I like, I'm just kind of playing the field. I'm you, building a stable. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they're both like, she thinks one is smart and one is hot and then it turns out like they're both smart and sensitive and they're both hot and she's like fuck, oh, what, fuck what do I, I do yeah. and then it's funny because they're like she's like I'm gonna have to f- figure this out and she's like and they're like why like aren't you having fun and she's like well you know it started out as playing the field but like I'm working so hard to like make sure one doesn't find out about the other one it's I'm not playing the field I'm working in the field <laughs> and but and you think and then you think well why is there no reference to the fact that her fa- like it kind of comes from was her that, family. Was that after? Yeah, it was after. That was after. So she could yeah. be like, oh, you know, look, my, I don't know how my mom did it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, but but it's just it it kind of it's such a throwaway thing. They don't talk about it. Phoebe and her mom don't talk about it anymore. She doesn't tell anyone else, any of the other friends, and it's just tossed out there that you know me and Frank and Lily were kind of a couple, and you're just like, okay. What? what but you know there's a lot of kind of throwaway jokes like that Mm -hmm. as as we've seen going through all these but yeah but that one i think you know we're gonna go from this one that that is probably the one that most people miss or don't even remember to to the the one the next one it will be the one that everyone remembers okay this is the last one okay all right hit me and it's probably the one that most people Think of like if you told them, "Hey, if we're going to talk about something in Friends related to non-monogamy, yes, it's going to be the Ross and Russ situation." No, <laughs> season three, episode five, yeah. the one with Frank Jr. Oh shit! No, it's not about Frank Jr. It's just what it's called. Oh okay, and it's that is, whole storyline. It is the one with the list. <laughs> What's the one with the list? The one with the list is where they talk about their like hall passes. Like if they were to meet a celebrity who it would be. And it's it it's all about the lists. Yeah, this season two, episode eight was the one with the list where Ross is trying to decide between Rachel and Julie. Oh, right, right, right. That's right. the one with the list. The pros and cons. Yeah, and Joey says to Ross, I have two words for you. Threesome. There you go. There you go. Sorry, so sorry. That's, that's I, I only just, one word, Joey, but that's okay. It's only one word. So season three, episode five is the one with Frank Jr. Yeah. And Janice and Chandler are together again in this one. And Chandler asks everybody, do you think like David Copperfield's cute? And Monica says, no, but he, he told me he thinks you're a fox. <laughs> and he's like, you know, Janice, Janice does. Like Janice thinks he's hot. And like he's on her list. And they're like, what? what and he's like, oh, well, we but we each have lists of celebrities that if we ever meet them, we're allowed to sleep with. And the other one can't get mad. And Ross is like, ah, you know, all the ingredients of a healthy relationship, honesty, respect, and sex with celebrities. <laughs> Which I have invoked that a few times about how when, I, when we use this respectful term in Vanilla Straight Land, the only time that you can imagine... Or have your partner talk about having sex with someone else is if it's a celebrity because the chances of you ever meeting these right, people. Right. The stakes are so incredibly low. Yeah. 
Like, even if you do meet them, they're probably not going to have sex with you. And there was that episode of that show you don't like where that, that was one of the subject matters. What show I don't uh, like? This Is Us. Oh, fuck that show. <laughs> You're right, I don't. <laughs> no, you don't. But that was a scenario in it where one of the characters is a celebrity. And mm-hmm. he has this amazing date with this woman he meets in a coffee shop. Mm-hmm. And her phone's blowing up the whole time. That happens. Like he gets John Legend to like sing. What you, who's your favorite singer? John Legend. He makes a fucking phone call, has a private concert with John oh, Legend. Wow. Yeah. And he's like, so like best first date ever, right? And she's like, I'm really sorry. Um, it isn't my mom who's been texting me. It's my husband. When I saw you in the coffee shop, I texted him and you're on my list. And he was like, go for it. So I did. And then he was freaking out about it and I got to go. And then John Legend's like, from like the front of the stage, he's like, "So, like, are we done here? Like, can can I? Like, are we even now? Right?" And he's like, I think that was the best, one of the best mean tweets I ever the ever John heard. Legend one? Yeah, where he's like, "John Legend looks like he cries during sex." <laughs> it's funny. Yes, ask Chrissy Teigen. But so the list, right? So the list. So so everybody kind of jokes around about who they would have, and and Ross, of course, takes it super duper seriously. Is he with Rachel at this He's point? with Rachel okay, at this yeah. point. And so he has a bunch of names and revises and revises. And, you know, he, he tells Chandler what his list is going to be. And um, he has Is- Isabella Rossellini on his list. Isabella, Isabella Rossellini, 1990s oh, Isabella yeah. Rossellini. Beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I'm sure she's still She's stunning, still stunning. But, but yeah, I can and see And so that Chandler says, oh, you know, very, very, very hot, very sexy. But, you know... She's too international. Like, you know, you need to find somebody that you actually have a chance of meeting. And Rachel's like, oh, yeah, because that's what's going to stop you that's from having the sex. That's the only thing that's stopping yeah, you. Yeah, geography, right? <laughs> so he was like, oh, okay, okay, cool. So, and then he revises his list and laminates it, right? So this is the list. So is this is the list. It's, yeah. it's final. So, of course, um, they're all sitting in the coffee house. And who walks in to get a coffee? Isabella Rossellini. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, oh my God. Like, oh. And he was like, I can't believe I took her off my list. And Rachel's like, you know what, honey? Call her an alternate. You go ahead. Because <laughs> Rachel's like, what a cunty thing for Rachel to do, eh? Well, no, because she was like, hey, yeah, go Did ahead. Do you think that she was genuine in her like, no, go ahead. Because no. she knew he was going to fucking flame of out. Of course. She, like, Monica's like, are you really okay with this? And she was like, listen, it took him nine years to tell me he liked me. I'm just sorry we don't have popcorn for this one. Yeah, right? see, she so was being... it is cunty. She was being mean. But, you know, it's still fun to watch. Yeah. So he approaches her and tells her, you know, says like, you're just, you know, you're a mate. And she's like, aren't you with that girl over there? And he's like, well, yeah, but like... I have you this know, list. I have this list. Like, <laughs> you know, I have this... We each have this list of celebrities and, you know, I'm allowed to sleep with you. And she was like, oh... Isn't that nice? Good for you. Yeah. yeah. And and she's like, oh, okay. And she tries to get past him. And he goes, wait, wait, Isabella. <laughs> you know, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. And she's like, yeah, for you. <laughs> and he pulls the card out. And she's like, is that the list? And he says, um, yes. And she said, may I see it? And he says, um, no. <laughs> and so list. she takes it and she looks at it and she's like, I'm not on the list. And he's like well, that's not the final list. And she's like, it's laminated. (laughs) He's like, well, you were on the list, but I spoke to my friend Chandler here and he said that you were too international. So I bumped you for Winona Ryder, local. (laughs) And she's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Cool, let's fuck. And she was like, well, you know what? It's too bad because I also had a list of geeky coffeehouse guys 
that I would sleep with. And I just bumped you for that guy over there. <laughs> and then fucking walks out on him. And it's so good. But it's just, again, that that tiptoeing up to who is, you know, is it okay because you know it'll never happen? And I think that's what a lot I of people do. Yeah. They think that shit will never happen. Sure. But anybody, any normal person who shows interest in your partner is like, ah, the claws come out and everything. <laughs> like the Like the chick you work with is yeah. nobody's ever going to be okay with that being on your list. Yeah, like, can you make a list of, of people that are in your orbit? Yeah. Right? And you go, oh, fuck no, no. You wouldn't believe, it's stunning to me how many people have said to me, that is my worst nightmare. Like, imagining my partner having sex with someone else. That is, like, the worst thing that I can think of. And I can say to you, like, having seen it on more than one occasion, it's not the worst thing. But It's... It's but, pretty awesome, actually. But before, thank you. But before <laughs> us, did you share that fear? I mean, what was your experience? Had you ever? Seen it had a never. Honestly, it had never come up. No. No. There, like, there was some jealousy stuff, but like, I, yeah, I, I, it just never came up. I dated a lot of vanilla people, like really vanilla people, like not even, not even fun, interesting fantasy lives. Oh, know? really? Yeah. Like, you know, like, you know, which is another friend reference where, you know, she, Rachel asks Ross, like, do you have any fantasies? Yes. That's when we get to see Rachel and fucking Princess Leia slave costume. And he was like, no, no, I don't have, I don't, no, I don't, no, no. And she was like, Ross, if you tell me, I might do it. And then he's like, do you remember like Return of the Jedi? And she's like, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> like kind of like oh god i don't yeah, like where this shit, is going to be slave leia well she didn't even know that he was like remember job of the hut and she was like yeah Ugh. like do i have to what anyway i just thought that was such an interesting one and i think that's what most people think of yeah and i i don't know if that was the origin of the list yeah i don't know because i don't remember it being in in pop culture before that well and i mean in my marriage there was a list oh there was jokingly yeah the celebrity list the right? celebrity so list. who was on your list elizabeth hurley liz hurley was was on was okay. on my list drew barrymore was on her list actually drew barrymore was on your wife's list yeah hold on my ex-wife yeah hold on hold on hold on yeah how do you even need a list for that what do you mean i mean like couldn't she do that anytime like couldn't drew any barrymore? couldn't any woman be on your wife's like and you'd be like cool like couldn't that be or is no, like that was just that okay. was that was her that was actually her. it's funny because Liz Hurley was on Ross's list too. Yeah, good taste there, Ross. Okay, so you had Liz Hurley. Yeah, Liz Hurley. I don't remember anybody after Liz Hurley. It was a short list. Seriously? Yeah. And I don't remember who I mean, I know who's on your list. Who? All the okay, Jasons. You know what? Give me okay, give me give me your list now. My list now? Liz Hurley. Liz Hurley still. <laughs> Cause yeah. Um they had five, I think. What's that? Five. There was five. Oh, I, there's no way I got five on my list. Come on. Give me five. Sarah Palin. <laughs> <laughs> I just did that to make you shake your head. <laughs> I think I said to you before, that's what would break us up. You fucking a Republican. <laughs> okay, fine. Sarah Palin. Who else? Um, it's super unimaginative. Uh-huh. But... Um, Megan Fox. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's three. Yeah. That's it? That's all you got? You know, I haven't thought of a list in a long time. What about 
that chick from Hitch? Oh, yeah. Eva Mendez. Yeah. Yeah. So that's four. You only need yeah. one more. J-Lo. Oh, yeah? Yeah. You always downplay that. Why do you do that? <laughs> Is it because of the pictures I showed you yesterday? No. Was it from Hustlers? After Hustlers? A you little, were like, a little, yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah that know. I can see. Yeah. All right. And I, I can guess. Oh, you're going to guess mine? I can guess two of your list for sure. Like hands down. Probably three. Okay, well, go ahead. Okay, Jason Momoa yes. and Jason Statham. Yes. Oh, and The Rock. Yes. So there's three. No matter how he says primatologist. <laughs> it's me, The Rock. Mm-hmm. Um, geez, I don't know. Who else would be on your list? Eyebrows. Uh, Alexi from 90 Day. <laughs> or anyone that looks like him. <laughs> or anyone that looks like him. Um, Who is that black belt uh, guy that you showed me? Oh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> It doesn't matter. I was like, ooh, he looks like Alexi with a black belt. Um, I like big noses. I don't know why. It's just, it's a I weird like thing. big noses. <laughs> no, okay. I would say Ryan Reynolds. Oh, yeah. Okay. And actually, the guy who plays the bad guy in Deadpool, Francis. I don't know the name of that. Yeah. And who's the other guy? Tom Hardy. So now you're at six. Wait, oh, Spider-Man? No, I'm not. Is that six? That is six. Statham, Momoa. Rock, yeah. Reynolds, uh, Francis. Oh, okay. Fuck Francis then. Okay. Okay. I'll you take- can, You know what? Call him an alternate, I guess. Thank you. you. Yeah. So sweet of you. <laughs> yeah. So, you know. Tom Hardy. What's Tom Hardy? Which Tom Hardy? Tom Hardy and what? Isn't he Bane? Is Tom he? Hardy? No. Look him up. You'll know who Tom Hardy is. As soon as you see me go, oh, yeah. Tom Hardy. Okay. Keep talking. Let me look. No. Okay. So... That was kind of a fun way to wrap this up. Is to <laughs> up list. With our list. Are you going to laminate that list though? No. He's in Inception. I like to, I like to stay fluid. Oh, he was Bane in The Dark Knight. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's not that's not the role that like no, that, gets me so all So what is the role? He was in... What more war movie was he in? He was in like a war movie or something. I can't remember. Well, he was in Inception. That's not a war movie. He was in Mad Max. Um, I didn't see that. Fury Road. Yeah, I don't know. Anyways. Uh, Dunkirk. I didn't see that either. Yeah. It's earlier. Oh, no, you didn't. We saw 1917 together. Earlier yeah. than Dunkirk. Jeez. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Okay. Yeah. I would, I'm would. i very curious to hear people's celebrity hall pass lists. Yes. Would you... Oh. Now, is this a legit list? What do you mean? Like, is this... Is this a real list? I mean, they have to give consent. Obviously. But if I'm <laughs> if I'm somewhere and, and Liz Hurley oh, walks in. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Do I need to call you first? That'd be nice. Okay, heads up. All right. Like, do I get the option of joining? Hell yeah. Okay, well then, yeah. Yeah. Do, do I get to actualize the same option? Sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> What Jason Momoa, Jason Statham, The Rock, and me. Like, wow. With that, like Ryan Reynolds where, for comic relief. Where did I meet all of them at once? <laughs> no, just like, uh, There's a, I mean. There you go, listeners. There's a visual for you. <laughs> yeah, I'm really, I'm, I would love to hear some of our listeners. So how can they get that to us? They can send us a DM. Okay. On Twitter. So they can slide into our DMs. Is that what you're implying? Oh, I hate so that creepy, saying. Eh? It's so gross. All right. Just send us a DM on? Uh, Twitter or Instagram at Cheating on Fear. Cool. We also have an email, info at cheatingonfear.com. Yep. 
And you can visit our website at cheatingonfear.com. Yep. And you can also get in touch with us through the website as well. We also have a Patreon, mm-hmm. patreon.com slash cheatingonfear. But yeah. don't feel obligated. If you like the episode or any of the episodes that you've heard, leave please. us a review. And please Subscribe share. and share to anybody you think might be interested. Yeah. And always check out, we put all this stuff in our show notes, but we also put links to things in our Things We Love page as well. Mm-hmm. So you can get the comprehensive list of everything if you want it all <laughs> in one spot. Please tell us who's on your list. Yeah, I want, I want to hear some lists. That'd be cool. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. That was fun. Thank you, B. Bye.